Fesser. Fesser, the delivery right by Adams. Rebound! It's Bjork Olsen! And Vermont Green up two! Cohen claims a body. Kobe over the goalie and Vermont Green in front again. Ryan Kobe. Salvez. O'Neal the turn. Mark O'Neal. Ridiculous stuff. Oh, baby, Mark O'Neal, that was a delight. Finds a way to get it to Lilly, who gets it to Nwagbo. He puts it on target. Oh, Diva Nwagbo did it from the sideline. Diva Nwagbo, highlight reel. Okay, how we doing? This is United in Green, Vermont Green's uh, favorite podcast. Uh, uh, tonight I have my friend uh, Will with us. How we doing, Will? Good, and yourself? Uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You, you put the ball right back in my court. You don't want to do a, <laughs> you don't want to do a, like an, and then thing or, uh, <laughs> Oh, you know, it's Tuesday. We got a, we got a big guest today. I'm excited to get to the point here today. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, we will, uh, waste no time and, uh, we'll just introduce our guest, uh, fan favorite, uh, you know, big, uh, big man on campus uh, up in Vermont, uh, coming from uh coming from connecticut and uh and uh as we uh have learned uh transferring soon so uh i'd like to welcome sam mccann Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on i'm really excited about this and uh i mean obviously you guys know i feel about vermont and so the opportunity to be able to you know speak directly with the fans and like interact with you guys in any capacity is always a great time for me so look forward to it awesome awesome it's great to hear so you know I guess the first question I think we all have on our minds is, you know, why Vermont in the first place? You know, what first attracted you to the to the club last season? You know, yeah, um, that's actually a really funny story about how I ended up in Vermont. I was uh, I was in study hall with my teammate who came up with me, Brog Austin, and uh, he like left to go take a phone call with Adam, and he came back and he was like discussing summer plans for soccer and I was asked him what he was doing and he talked about you know Vermont Green FC and like this new thing that they're doing up there and I was like I was like huh that seems really cool um you know and like I get to play soccer over the summer staying shape and if I could I'd wanted to be with him he's one of my best friends um mm-hmm. and so he gave me Adam's number um and that kind of got the ball rolling to begin with and uh yeah I reached out to Adam got on a zoom call with him he kind of talked about you know what my role uh, on the team would be uh, more or less and kind of, you know, the environment they were trying to build up there. And it was all just like super interesting to me. And uh, yeah, it was just something that I definitely didn't want to miss out on. So I signed up as soon as I got the paperwork to come through. Excellent. You know, I, I, I gotta say, like, I, I keep saying fan favorite uh, and, you know, we know what guys uh, like uh, um, your golf sin and, and Messer and, and those guys uh, all meant to the team. But um, I think to a man, I, I, th- those of us in the, in the South stand, um, you know, we, we all felt that, that you were kind of when, when those guys left, like when, when, when Ator left and, and uh, you know, you guys like you and Diva had to pick up, pick up the slack. I mean, you guys were the guys that were there that, that really saved this club you know, after, after those, uh, some of those guys had to leave to go back to school. Uh, and, and, uh, that meant a lot to, to us. I mean, as you might know, like Vermont is a, is, is kind of has been a soccer starved 
uh, soccer star state state. Uh, and, and I think that in recent times, it's kind of, it's kind of picked up steam a little bit, you know, uh, with, with uh, Nordic and, and far post uh, soccer clubs. Um, and, and I, I've seen uh, those clubs grow through my son as well. Um, but just to have you there to save, to save this club and, and to help us, to help us grow something that was organically, uh, organically built in, in a, in a ba- basically a college dorm room years ago. And it came to fruition last year, like the dream for them came to fruition and, and, and it helped us too. like, I'm just an old guy who, uh, who picked up soccer late in life because of, of my son. So, you know, I, I, we really appreciated what you brought. Um, my question is actually like, what is your kind of your soccer origin story? When did you start? And when did you know that, like, this is something that you might've wanted to do? Yeah. Uh, thank you for, first of all, for the kind words. That means so much that, you know, you guys feel that way about what me and what a lot of other players who I think flew under the radar the entire season, um, like Carter, Carter was amazing when it came down to the end of it, like holding down center back first, even though he wasn't a natural center back, let's say. Um, but yes, there are a bunch of those guys that like, I think really grinded it out. And like when, you know, unfortunately some of the guys did leave, were able to pick up the pieces um, it was, I mean, those guys, I you can't put into words the amount of work that everybody put in throughout the year and to see like their hard work pay off with getting recognition at the end of it was amazing. Um, but so my soccer story was, um, my dad originally played soccer back in Ireland before he came to the United States. Um, and so my older brother started playing at first. Um, and at that age, I was trying to do everything that my older brother was doing. Uh, and so I just started playing soccer when I was really young and I just couldn't get enough of it. I played other sports, but it didn't really, you know, like uh, scratch the same way that soccer did. And I truly fell in love with it from a young age. Having a ball at my feet was just one of the, those most amazing things ever. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, I grew up playing it like in the small goals with the pug goals and the grass fields uh, in the outfield of baseball fields. Um, And then, you know, continued going through uh, travel soccer, Uh, travel soccer. The coach told me to push up and make a push for, you know, those Academy teams. Um, I was lucky enough to find New York soccer club, which I was on for close to 10 years, which they were great. I learned so much in that system. And then, right before COVID came, I got the opportunity to play for NYCFC's Academy. Um, that was absolutely massive. And, uh, you know, just being a part in that system, you know, it really one uh, gave me the credit that not that I was looking for, but, you know, obviously submit like made me feel like I was one of the top players or like uh, in the region, especially. And then, um, yeah. And then just all the hard work it showed to pay off to pay, play for, I, what I think is the best MLS Academy team in the country. Um, yeah. Is Paula your mom? Yes. Paula yeah. is my mom. <laughs> she just set up the green. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. She, she became a fanatic with it all. I mean, you look at any of the social media posts and she's right there cheering everybody on. She was, she Excellent. was yeah. Awesome. So I'm, I'm over here fiendishly scrolling through um, Vermont Green's Twitter to go look at some of the old lineups that, that were um, set at the end of the season. And, and I'm noticing that, 
you know, you, you played in that striker role a lot, you know, in, in the playoffs. And, you know, I know in the beginning of season two, we had watched you sort of in that second striker role to kind of sitting in the pocket behind the striker. And I'm, I'm just curious if, if that's the position you prefer, uh, is, is the development league something that sort of allows you to experiment or is that really where you're, you know, working to play on the pitch every game? Yeah. So, I mean, for the past, I believe it's nine years or so I've, I've played striker. And so like, I felt most comfortable like learning to play in that role. And like, you know, I've played on the wing uh, every now and again, like within the years, like I'm capable of playing on the wing. I'm supposed to play in the midfield in times, but uh, striker's always been what I think is the most comfortable fit for me, just because the way I, the way I play, I think it highlights a lot of my strengths. Um, And so I, yeah, it's definitely a position I was like striving to play. Um, and I still do like to this day. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely my favorite position to play. Yeah, it's fascinating because I remember, you know, seeing one of the preseason games and, and you played a little deeper. And, you know, I was really impressed with, you know, sort of the ball carrying ability and to see that sort of translate to a striker role. In, in a league like this was really fascinating because, you know, you really got on the ball and moved it. And, you know, um, I, you know, I thought it was such an interesting, you know, thing to watch, uh, not just, you know, getting on the end of things, but, you know, moving the ball and uh, carrying it to different pa- places in the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it brought, you know, a fresh energy, I think, um, when you started taking that role near the end of the season uh, compared to what we, you know, the style we're sort of playing, um, you know, during the regular season. I think yeah. that changed up really was, you know, effective in, in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that's a, definitely a big piece to to Adam and like how he wanted us to play. Like, I mean, there were two different groups, right? I mean, we, what, 40 something kids up there. And so like 18 get rostered for game. But even if you did fall into like that second group, which I did find myself in a lot of the times, but like the way you play, like it was still cemented the same way that everybody else is playing. But I mean, we're all D1 like athletes, right? And we're all, or to high D2 level athletes that were, were all great soccer players in this country. And so fitting together was never going to be a problem. It was more or less kind of putting together Adam's vision of how he wanted us to play. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I remember the game you're talking about. So I played the 10 in that game, actually, like in the midfield. And so, mm-hmm. like, he, we, I talked to him before the game about, like, how he wanted me to play and whatnot. He gave me some ideas, which really helped, you know, carry me over through the game and, like, finding different pockets in a position that I – a little more unfamiliar with than like striker, let's say, but um, yeah, I mean, the coaching staff just did a great job of explaining how we wanted to play areas where we want to attack and different uh, ways we want to break down defenses. Yeah. I think that, you know, you really set my expectation as a player when, you know, the first time I saw your game was when you were sort of sitting deeper. And so I always kind of saw that, you know, ball carrying, you know, a little more clearly after that. So it was fascinating. So I guess, you know, talking about the experience of the league as well um you know i know that you guys had a definite advantage you know on on the home field because of the crowd but you know just from a fan experience point of view were there any stadiums that you guys traveled on the away team where you really felt the crowd on your back you know sort of that away fan energy that you know kind of pushes on you i i don't think any of our in the northeast conference any of like anybody even had a a, that could say a word into like fan, like a way fan, like, uh, you know, how they interacted or whatnot. Seacoast probably had the second most people that we had, like outside of our own home games. Um, but like, you know, it's a quiet crowd. You don't really feel like the intensity of like, and 
anything coming like the passion basically that you guys would show. Um, and so the only, I mean, the only other comparable thing is Lionsbridge FC, but mm-hmm. even then I'll take a game with, you know, the green mountain boys on my back versus the Lionsbridge <laughs> crew. So <laughs> I got to tell you, like, uh, watching, um, uh, my son, my, my son plays for far post and, uh, mm-hmm. going to tournaments and, and seeing those, those young kids from, from seacoast, um, they're, they have, uh, little clubs and academies all over the place and, and they bring them up through the USL too and through their academy system. Um, I can't help but think that, you know, having Burlington football club um, and far post and Nordic um, to be able to, to feed our, our program uh, in Vermont um, as a bad thing at all. And, and quite honestly, like, obviously you can tell that Will's the tactics guy. So he's, he's going to be asking those questions of you. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, I, I think a lot of, a lot of what you brought to us um, in the, fa- in the, in the, within the fan base, I guess, is, is the, uh, is intensity and energy um, that I don't necessarily think we saw maybe in the beginning of the season as much. I think, um what, what I was looking at, you know, in those games was, I think a lot of those, um, a lot of those games was, were, were a lot more physical uh, to, to, to look at. It was, it was more of a physical game versus a finesse game. Um, it, it was also, it was like, almost like watching two different teams at, at times last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that group, that group that picked things up and, and pushed on forward it through and into the playoffs came along I think for us as fans, not to diminish anything that the uh, the first group had done, it, it just became even more exciting. Like just to watch, uh, you know, your speed out there and 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 uh, you know the way that the way that Diva played, um, and and I'm a big I'm, I'm I'm a big midfield guy, so like mm-hmm. for me it was you know Charlie Adams uh, as well. Um, you know, he's one of our own. (laughs) So, um, I, I just, I, I don't know how to, uh, how to quantify like the uh, amount of energy that, that you guys brought. Um, so I guess my question, my question is, um, like, how did you, how did you find that energy to come in and, and knowing that you were kind of taking over, um, you know, for, for a, a successful group? That, it, that had already played it, but you're trying to fit in that same system. Yeah. I mean, obviously like that first group did amazing. They came in. I mean, if you look at a regular season record throughout the year, like even when we lost guys throughout it, like those guys were big in almost all the games they played. Right. When we had to put teams away, we put teams away when we had to defend, like they were all locked in and zoned in on that. But um, like that, that second group, I tried to joke running with them. Uh, we were, we called ourselves the bench mob for a short period of time. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, every player that went up there was like a grit and grind player, you know, like get things done. And, you know, again, like kudos to Adam. Like one of the first things we like talked about was like transition, like, like how, however much energy you put into the offense, you should be putting the same amount into the defense. Right. And so it's a two way game, of course. Um, but I think a lot of those, a lot of the guys in the second unit like felt like they could like give more than what they like had to at that point. Right. Um, and so when they got their chance, 
I mean, everybody, like, including myself, was like, we're not going to let anybody, like, outwork us. We're going to show that we deserve the same chances as these other guys and that we should be in the same conversation. Um, and just that, you know, it's a, it's a pride thing more than anything else. You want to show everybody that, like, no one's going to outwork us. No one's going to go into tackles harder than us. And I've, there's an added pressure, obviously, um, for you guys. I mean, for the fans, like, that, that meant everything to us. And so knowing that either you're streaming our games or you're coming out in massive numbers to come and support us, we didn't want to let anybody down or have any second guess as to like, you know, some of these guys left, like, I don't know if we're in a safe spot with like some of these other guys. We just want to, it's like a blanket of security more or less that we kind of just want to show that, you know, we're here to play as well. Well, speaking of pride and, you know, this idea of stepping up, um, I, I guess I just have to ask, I mean, how do you feel, you know, knowing you've probably scored the most important goal in Vermont Korean history uh, up to now. I mean, sure, inaugural season, but, <laughs> you know, your go-ahead goal against Lionsbridge down to 10 men, um, which was just a real direct play. You got you behind the guy on the shoulder and, and just tapped it in after, a, you know, a long, nice pass. But, you know, how, how does that moment rank for you in, in sort of your, you know, football career so far? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, that's like a, a top five moment in my soccer career, I think. I mean, like the the energy, like the situation, um, like everything, that's like one of the moments you dream of, right? Like you're in the playoffs, like, and it's a do or die game. You want to, and as a forward, obviously you want to be on the end of scoring goals. And so being able to do that and like provide, you know, my team, uh, like the reward of like finding me and like being able to put that goal away was absolutely massive. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was also my first technical game winner since I've entered college. And so that was also like a, a big thing. I was, uh, I was texting Bragas and um, actually after the game, he was like, yeah, just bring that back to Quinnipiac when you come back uh, from Vermont there. <laughs> but um, yeah, like by far, like a standout moment for me in my, in my career, I think so far. I got to tell you, when you, uh, when you uh, played in that playoff game against Vermont, I said, oh, shit. <laughs> i was i was i was uh i was i was quietly rooting for you but you know quietly <laughs> quietly rooting against you too <laughs> uh, no i mean i was sitting in the locker room and like on that day when they're drawing the teams and like i couldn't help but like laugh like like what are the odds like i just come from up there and i have to go back up there for the second <laughs> time this season to to go and play everybody um but yeah i mean if I couldn't have picked a, you know, a better, better matchup for me and myself, like if you look back at like, like what a game that was like double overtime, a goal at the end there, two minutes left right before penalties. It, it sucked being on the opposite end of it, but you know, it was nice to be back up in the, like a familiar area knowing that some people were so like, you know, quietly rooting for me in the corner. So, you know, speaking of, you know, college career, what, what is the competition level like comparing, you know, USL2 to sort of the collegiate play? Is it comparable? Is it a little more relaxed because it's summer off season? I mean, I think it's very comparable. I mean, the summer, I mean, everybody takes every break they have as a chance to grow and develop as players. Um, and like going to play like USL2 is like the highest level you can technically play without losing your eligibility, right? So you're getting all the top guys from around the country um and so yeah the competition's there i feel, sometimes feel like it's actually more than college and sometimes 
Um, and so playing these guys, like, obviously they played a high, high level of soccer. Otherwise they wouldn't be at where they're at, but yeah, like there's the competition is comparable, if not more in the summer, I'd say. Interesting. And not to just keep jumping around, but you know, when you compare the guys that were on the team last year, and if you don't mind me asking this, who is the guy on a technical level that really would scare you if you had to defend against him? Oh, Bilal Kamal, no question about it. That <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that dude's left and right foot. I kid you not, are the exact same thing. Like he does not have a weak foot. He'll be he, if you check his TikTok account. Actually, he does all these like showing people how to do skills and whatnot. If he came up against me in the field, like I don't know how I would defend. It. I wouldn't force him one way because that does nothing with both feet. But yeah, by far. <laughs> I think he was he was the one guy that we I, I think that him and uh, Itar uh, that we really were worried about losing, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, and then of course, I don't know if you want me to bring this up, but your, your injury too, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that game, that game, I think was the most physical game that I think I, we saw all season. Um, and watching you go down like that was, was, was pretty horrific. I, uh, you know, I, I work in the operating room, so I see those, those type of injuries a lot. Um, is, do you want to walk us through kind of what happened or, um, and how you recovered so quickly from that? Yeah. So I was on the field. I, the other team got a free kick. I think it was in their half of the field and like, we're winning the game, trying to close it out. So I'm standing in front of the ball. And so like, I got like pushed, but like, I got hit and like right between my ribs. And so I would, I felt the knock at first, but like brushed it off as it was nothing. Cause I want to keep going in the game. Um, and so I was, I think it went on for like seven minutes more before, like I was starting to have a little bit difficulty of breathing. Um, and I'm up like close to the touchline. I was like, I was like, coach, like, I can't really breathe. Like I'm, I'm having some difficulties here. Like I might need to come out, you know? And like the one thing I hate more than anything else is asking to come out of games um and so yeah so then kate our trainer um told me to go down and then i it was it all happened really quickly after that but like my breathing it sounded terrible uh like the noises that are coming out from like my lungs and whatnot it just didn't sound right it was like uneven um and then you know the boston guys uh thought i was faking it to finish out the game so that was a nice uh nice touch to say stop faking it get up and uh but yeah, so um, I mean, it was handled overall greatly. I think. I mean, the uh, from the response to, you know, even like the players and like everybody. Um, it was a very emotional time, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the like setting up that wall to kind of give a little bit of privacy between you know the me and like the fans as to not, you know, scare people uh, more than what had already happened. Um, and then the emergency crew came out. They were really great. Helped me um, start getting more oxygen into my lungs. Um, carted me off, and then from then on, it was it was it was an amazing experience. I mean, the ambulance ride over was a quick one. Uh, when I got to the emergency room, I was taken care of really well. Um, yeah, just the quick turnaround of like, you know, being in that moment, thinking not knowing what to think is going to happen next, and then to you know be comforted by the fact that I know all these professionals and everybody. Uh, or helping me out was was really great um and then the recovery from it was that um i was told to take some time off uh, of course um 
there's some like internal swelling that was like pressing in um there and so kind of had to wait for that to drop down before I came back but um yeah it just felt like unfinished business back up north uh I had a conversation with Adam we and uh and we talked about like him saying that uh you know obviously like the coaches uh the owners were like happy with what I've done this summer and like don't don't force yourself to play if you can't um because you want to be back here next year like we obviously understand like we know you as a person um and that really eased my mind with that um and luckily I was able to go home for a week and escape uh, kind of relax I joined my family on vacation in Cape Cod which was really great downtime um but yeah I, I just got a I just got a feeling in my stomach one morning and I talked to my parents about it it really just felt like unfinished business up in Vermont that like, you know, not being able to go out on my own terms and having it dictated for me was something that, you know, I didn't want, like, I don't want, didn't want to have that feeling of regret later on. Um, and so, yeah, I came back, uh, Adam actually texted me, uh, said if I was feeling better, the, that they could use me back. I, um, and so I dropped everything that I was doing and headed my four and a half ways, uh, four and a half hours back up to, back up to Vermont. And man, we were happy to have you. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. It, so I, I think that our, our fan base is uh, it, the way it grew throughout the season. But um, toward the end, I, I think that that kind of um, solidified uh, the club's status in the state. Um, uh, I just learned I just learned today that um they're over 700 uh, season tickets sold already. And wow. um, yeah, that's, that's pretty huge. So that means, <laughs> that means there's going to be 700, 700 folks come to the game, um, you know, once or twice a week, uh, depending on the, the, how the schedule is released. But mm-hmm. um, I think that just the way that the, the, the club approached, um, uh, approached building a club, building the, the team, um, and not just with the players, but in, in you know, in engaging the community and that kind of stuff, um, kind of, kind of informed, uh, you know, what future of the, of the club is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, is there any kind of stuff that you saw with, with the club that like you knew from the beginning, this was going to be a good grassroots project or it, was it like one of those things that you're kind of like, ah, I'm not sure how this is going to go. We'll see. We want to wait it out and mm-hmm. see what, see what happens. I mean, it, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, we met, we met um, real quick at the, the first mixer there. I have a great picture of you with my son mm-hmm. yeah. um, and Bilal. Um, but it, I think that was the first kind of community outreach uh, from the club that we saw. Um, and I got to meet Patrick and, 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 uh, and, and Keel, um, and, and talk, talk to them a little bit, but, um, what did you see from the club that showed that they're going to be engaging the community the way they did? I mean, it was just as much, a you know, as we were working hard at the field, they were, you know, working like crazy off the field. Um, so like just when we came in, we, like, we, we talked about like community outreach and how big that is going to be for this club and like talked about, you know, us volunteering our time and at the King center. Um, and, you know, just, we made a big point of emphasis too. Like 
when games start getting like flooded and people start coming in afterwards to like take the time out of like the whatever it is 10 15 minutes to like talk with like a kid or like you know sign some autographs or whatnot i mean the like we felt like we were being looked up towards and you know we want to be good role models um for the younger community at least and uh i mean i worked in internship there as well over the summer um and so like i kind of saw behind the scenes about different community stuff that like we were working on and like kind of behind behind the curtain stuff that was happening um and yeah the uh, the amount that they want to engage with the community is something i haven't seen in a lot of other places that i've played for um like they really make it a point of emphasis that like the fans come over like everything and that uh you know we might be isolated you know up in the northeast up in vermont with not a lot of soccer going on but what we can provide and we want to set an example for you know if other teams want to come through or if like you know if teams in different areas want to change the way they're going uh to kind of court like align with how we're doing things then like it's the perfect example um but yeah it was definitely such everybody was working so hard like from the interns to the ownership group everybody did a fantastic job with that whole outreach thing uh, that kind of brings me into the next question because uh we actually have a listener question our first oh. listener question this is kind of there fun. you go yeah, uh, it's from Rain or Shine Media. I think that's uh, I think that's Tristan, one of our photographers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he says, uh, "Hey Sam, uh, could you describe the players' relationship with the ownership group?" Uh, and then he says, "Much love for Pat, Matt, Sam, uh, Keel, and Colin." The ownership group did a great job of you know mixing in like the professional relationship with it, and then like obviously being a part of like what we were like building in the locker room and like that chemistry. Um, like I, what I'm, I was 19 years old at that time. And like, I felt like these owners who, you know, close to twice my age at times were some of my best friends up there. Like you have great conversations with them and like, it's just so easy to relate with them. Cause they, you know, they're just such easy and going guys. Um, they did an, like, like I said, they did an amazing job with like, you know, deciding when like, they had to be owners and then like when they could be friendly with us um but yeah like the coolest group of guys you would you would ever meet and hang out with ever i I can attest to that too they they did a lot for uh for us you know the parking lot crew um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah even though we gave you know we we gave shit to every every opposing team that came in you know on their on their on their vans awesome (laughs) that's amazing Um, yeah yeah oh he's got the uh is that the utfg one yep oh it's the vivid coffee sponsor yep yeah yeah Yeah. very nice i'm sure i've been taking up some of will's question time but (laughs) no no it's okay um I had something, but I realize you're not 21, so you can't really help us get a sponsorship with Burlington Beer Company. (laughs) (laughs) We can we can definitely reach out to them. I I guess I do have one, uh, you know, more fun one for you. So uh, taking you back to the last game of the season against uh, Western Mass Pioneers, uh, you know, I know you're friends with Deba Noegbo. So, you know, now's your chance to tell us, did he mean that? Was that a shot or a cross? Whatever his goal Whatever Diva says, I promise you that was a cross. <laughs> okay. We asked, we asked him the same question, but you know, in my eyes and in a lot of other eyes, it was a cross. I mean, I can I can tell yet. you that I can tell you that we were at Rira after that game, and uh, <laughs> as he was leaving, I said that was a cross, right? And he just kind of winked at me and kept on walking. 
<laughs> winked at me, gave me a smile, and kept on walking. <laughs> yeah, that's typical deep of fashion right there. Yeah. Oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me to, you know, we're all Premier League fans on this podcast. It reminds mm-hmm. me of two years ago, Bukayo Saka hit that almost identical shot against Chelsea, and, and yes. he would never admit whether it was a cross or a shot. So, you know, I thought it was great. We had a couple of those this year, too, where it's like cross shot, like somewhere in the middle of it. But like, yeah, they'll say they shot it. But <laughs> hey, well, you put the you put the ball towards the net and things happen for you. So, yeah. um, I mean, so in that vein, you know, um, you know, fun topics. How how'd you feel about, you know, the kits? Was that a fun, you know, style to represent on the field? That was a that was a big drawing piece like about why I want to come to the player presentation that Brock showed me. I Mm -hmm. saw like the rumored kits and like what it was going to be like looking like. And like, it was just like amazing. And like, why wouldn't you want to wear that either like leisurely or like playing like the, the kits were absolutely stunning. Like there's, there's no other ways to put it like the way they were thought out and done. Um, I, I mean, we all love the cream kit, like bringing back like the collar and like that old school, like retro vibe. It was, I mean, yeah, cannot complain about that whatsoever. Everybody wanted a piece of it. Yeah. And you'd look out in the stands and, you know, half of us have kits on it. You know, it's definitely a selling point, um, you know, because I think there's a different level, you know, presentation wise that Vermont Green offers than a lot of these other USL2 clubs. You know, it, it definitely has that professional developed style to it which i think is really attractive to the fans and it sounds like it's really attractive to potential players as well so that's that's great to hear yeah i mean like even like our practice kits on like a daily basis like we're like amazing and like like top to bottom everything we were provided by the club was always like top notch and like i wouldn't you know i, I know other guys knew sell two teams and like everybody was asking for like a piece of the merch right and like trying to get stuff um so yeah it just speaks to like you know, the creative process and like everything that went into this and like how well thought out it was and executed. So you said, you know, you talked to other guys that do USL2 teams, you know, what's the general chatter, you know, among the players about Vermont Green? Is there going to be a long line out the door, people lining up to try to play for Vermont Green this season? I've gotten numerous texts throughout this year about having or people wanting to come to Vermont Green. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the just what we're able to provide, like, um, as a location, like, everything close by to, you know, Virtue Field and, like, in the area, mm-hmm. the fan base, of course, like, everybody saw the pictures on Instagram and, like, you know, why wouldn't you want that? The jerseys, like, the coaching staff, like, everything top down from this club is, like, a step up, I think, at least from a lot of what a lot of these other places can provide. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, everybody – everybody and their mother wants to come to this club and like, I don't blame them for it. Right. I, you know, I suppose not to rag on them, but you know, we saw some away streams from some other clubs when you guys went away. And for example, you know, Boston city had like maybe eight people in the stands. And I, and I, I just have to imagine that that is something that matters is you, you guys clearly want to play in front of people. So, you know, it must be a big draw. Yeah. I think that maybe, I think it, like four of our away games, like the first four games we went to, we had more supporters than like the home team. And like, we're traveling, what, for Boston City, that was, what, three and a half, four hour trip for us on the bus. Mm-hmm. And we still have more people there than they do. And like, it, like it shows like the reach one and like the commitment to want to support like a club like this. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And then 
I watched the game back on Facebook Live of the Lionsbridge game and was like, was I was hysterically laughing at like all those comments in there. Like you might not have been with us like in person to like watch the game, but like the presence was definitely felt. And then I know we had everybody was like watching that back and like looking at every single comment going through back and forth between the Lionsbridge fans and us. It was hysterical. Yeah, that was that was a fun time because we were all kind of to the winds because it was online, of course. But I think overall the fans that streamed were really happy that the stream quality was higher than you know some of the away games we've gotten this season. But you know, I know people are in there trying to get those those away feeds whenever they can. So yeah. you know, fans are always trying to watch. Vermont Green, even when they're on the road, you know, yeah. Possible, so you know, um, and absolutely. yeah, and 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 to that too is we have, we we have a, a very good stream too. So, like everything that the that the ownership group put into put into the team is what made the team too. Is it, I think that uh, allowing us to grow as a supporters group as well. On top of that, um, the they have done everything right from step one. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that's really telling too. Um, but I mean, what do you, what do you think, what are you thinking about like this season? Like what should we expect? Like out of a season two, should we expect more great things or should we expect, you know, I, I, on, I obviously we don't want to expect a letdown or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like, the highs that we got like as fans and I'm sure that you guys had as, as players, like what are, what should Vermont fans expect um, out of like coach Pfeiffer and his crew? And I mean, I think uh, the fans should only expect the best from us. I mean, we've cemented ourselves as one of the top clubs in the Northeast in a single season. Um, Our pool of players has only gotten bigger. Right. And like the, the talent outreach that we can now, you know, I mean, the first season, like, regardless, we still, they did a great job with recruiting and bringing in, like, some of these high-level guys and kind of selling them on the the mission of the club and, like, what we were trying to achieve. But, you know, now that, like, everybody wants a piece of it, and so, like, we get to pick and choose. Um, the coach staff gets to pick and choose about, like, who they want to bring in and, like, who's going to be a good fit. Um, and I don't think we're going to see as much of the, uh, like, a leaving point where like a bunch of guys are going to like step out for the season. I think it's more of a, we kind of, that was like an experience thing. Like now that that's figured out about how long the season's like running towards or whatnot, I, the bare minimum, I think for, at least for players and like our expectation for returners is to get to where we were, but we want to push for further. Like we know that we can, you know, inevitably win it all at some point. Right. And so if you look at the team we lost to, right. Uh, we lost to, um, What's it called? Um, Long Island. Uh, it was Long Island, right? Yeah, Long Riders. Island. Yep. Yeah, Rough Riders. They made a deep run, and like it's not like they were blowing us out the water. It's also not as if we had our full capacity squad. Again, not knocking on anybody that was on that team. Like we did a great job. It just wasn't our day that day, unfortunately. But you know, I think that like a, a deep run is like what everybody's expecting, and I think that should be the standard for us uh, as a as a high club uh, now in USL too. Yeah, and I think that, you know, really the the beating of Lionsbridge was sort of the proof of concept for this club to, you know, knock off the number one seed, a very established club, I think, you know, you know, was a great moment. And and, and I have to say, you keep saying, you know, we, and I, and I suppose we just have to ask you, you know, what are your plans for this summer? Um, so I have nothing lined up 
as of now, but um, my intentions are to go back to Vermont Green. Um, and, you know, going back up there for the summer would be something that as soon as I left uh, for college uh, after our season ended was something that like I thought about and wanted to get accomplished. Um, so if all goes well, I'll be seeing you guys in a couple of months. And, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, my intentions are to play for Vermont this summer. Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, we'll be in that, that parking lot with our, with our tent and um, we'll be loud. So we can't wait. Yes. You'll know I'll stop by. I'll, I'll be there. Don't <laughs> After the game, I'll stop by. Of course. Very, very gracious, you know, to, to take a picture with us uh, that, that one day. That was very nice of you. Um, that that really will make a lot of our fan base very happy. Um, um, I I we hesitated to to ask because we didn't want to, you know, blow anything up uh, for the club. But um, with with the the Deba Noegbo uh, announcement today, uh, we felt like it would be great to have an, another announcement that we uh, uh, as a podcast. Uh, he wanted to uh, wanted to get our own uh, little little bit get, in there. Get the you know? scoop, if you will. This, you know? yeah, yeah, I didn't want to really call it a scoop, but yeah, it's a scoop. <laughs> it's, it's, it, the scoop sounds too much like 1940s Hollywood <laughs> newspaper writer, but um, I think it's fantastic that that you want to come back. You want to be, uh, you know, kind of get yourself deeper in deeper with the community and uh, and and and. Uh, be part of this club because uh, obviously you're already part of the history of this club um, that, that, that you guys are building that we're all building. And uh, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate everything that you've done and everything that the rest of the guys have done and the future guys are going to do. Yeah. And I, I think that goes a lot into like, at least how, what my belief is that you get out of it, what you put into it. I mean, like on all ends of things, right. So on the field, you know, working as hard as you can for your teammates, your coaches, the ownership group to, cause we we're all buying into the same dream that they're buying into making this club as successful as possible and pushing it as high as we can. Um, and then for, for the fans, like, of, of course, like we want you guys to be jumping up, celebrating, getting rowdy, doing all those things that you guys already do now. Um, we want that to be like, you know, the, the bare minimum that we can do for you guys is provide an escape, um, not from like life, but like, you know, just a, a, another place where you can like only have good memories, right? Where you can really connect and feel like you're a part of this thing as much as we are. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, on all ends of things, I think no matter new, new guys, old guys, whatever you're going to get out of it, you're going to get the same thing of like that wanting to connect uh, with, with everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, uh, the green just announced today that they, that they, uh, that they're bringing back Diva, which is, which is huge. So there's, you know, uh, two men on, on our front lines that are they're going to be fighting. Um, and I really, really look forward to seeing, uh, what, what else they're going to bring in the, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, I, I know they had a big tryout. Um, I'm sure there's some local folks, uh, coming in, but um, I'm I'm excited, and every every couple of weeks we're going to be back uh, doing another player interview, coach interview, uh, uh, interviews of with people that are around the club and and involved with the club. So um, this is going to be a, a fun journey for us, and uh, and you know if during the season we take you to task, Sam, you know 
uh, you know, on a, on a particular podcast, uh, don't take it personally. (laughs) You know what you guys, you guys, you guys have the freedom to do that. I mean, I look forward to it. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you get, if you got to critique me, just try to remember last year when you're doing it. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I, on my other podcast, uh, uh, we won't mention, we won't mention the name of the club, but, uh, but I, I, I take it out on a lot of those guys, uh, all the time, especially my, uh, my good friend, Sonny. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I love the guy, I love the guy and, and, and I'll always support that team too. But, um, just to let you know that, like, um, you're, you're now part of our family and, uh, we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, and I'll let, I'll just let Will close it out for us. Uh, if he's got anything to say, you know, I don't really have anything else to say today. I, I think, um, you know, we have a lot of stuff lined up for, for this season and the lead of the season. And I, and I think, you know, having you on today, you spending your time with us, you know, chatting football has been absolutely fantastic. So, you know, if you if you do end up coming back, we're not going to hold you to it. But if you do, I can't wait to see you bang in a couple goals uh, and see a fight for that that starting spot. So uh, thank you guys so much for the time tonight. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the opportunity to just come out and like you know speak to everybody was amazing. And like you know, once I heard the first one, it clicked in my head that like you know, being a part of that would be really cool. Um, and you know, like you guys how accepting you were to all the players and like how everything rolled like it's like one of the most memorable summers of my life and that has large part to do with how you guys were like on a daily basis like not even just in games like walking around the streets uh how you guys interacted with us like i mean i got tons of messages from fans uh over social media after i was hospitalized but like just the the community outreach um you know both ways was like significant and uh it definitely means a lot um you guys have built something special um with this um and i'm really excited to see what, what comes uh out of you guys in the future awesome hey well sam mccann in the green mountain boys kit on the podcast he truly is one of our own thank you guys <laughs> very much and uh up the green up the green, the green baby <laughs> <laughs>